Good evening. This is David Lee, Associate Minister at God First Church in St. Louis. Tonight will be our first time ever doing a Bible study via podcast. So hopefully you enjoy this. We're going to study tonight uh, several gentlemen who were uh, at their time struggling with the issues of their days, but more importantly, how that reflects on the way we are struggling in our time, uh, times currently with the, the issue of coronavirus or COVID-19, uh, people self-quarantining, uh, being asked to social distancing. Uh, we're putting ourselves or brought ourselves into a whole new arena that we've never been in before. Well, it's funny how life repeats itself. Uh, our faith is often tested uh, through our trials and uh, tribulations. So these gentlemen that we're going to study tonight, their faith at their time was tested uh, through the trials and tribulations of their times. Social distancing is nothing new. Uh, the first person that uh, we'll talk about tonight is Abram, uh, later to be called Abraham. And social distancing in his case was God asking him to leave his family, leave his country, and to go somewhere where he had never been before. Not only where he had never been before, but to be in a situation where there are uh, threats uh, against his life, his livelihood, his family, that he would not uh, know how to deal with had he not had a great faith in God. So we'll start there. We'll start where uh, in Genesis chapter 12, uh, verse 2 through 3, and it says, I will make unto you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curse you, I will curse. And all people of earth will be blessed through you. Now, the reason why that's important is because God had just asked Abram to leave his family. And he told him, that, don't worry, I'm going to bless you in so many ways you can't even count. I'm going, to make you, I'm going to make you a great nation. And through you, there will be such a great large multitude uh, of people that you can't even count it. So the, the fascinating thing about Abram and his journey is that we do know that he left there with his wife and his nephew Lot. They went to Egypt. And we know what happened in Egypt, that the Pharaoh seen his wife and took favor on her. And, 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 and they lied and said that, you know, they were siblings. And so that, so that uh, they wouldn't fear being, uh, Abram wouldn't feel fear being uh, killed uh, because Pharaoh would take his wife from him. And later we find out that because God blessed Abram, and said that you will be a blessing to those you bless and a curse to those you curse. Well, uh, Pharaoh got, uh, became ill and many in his court became ill because of him uh, taking or trying to take Sarai, his wife, Sarah, later named Sarah, uh, from him. The blessing was that God allowed him safe passage into Egypt and on his exit out of Egypt, uh, Pharaoh gave him riches so that he would leave. Uh, the blessing was that 
Abraham's name was now a blessing. And Abraham became very wealthy. He went back to Canaan. Uh, he went to Canaan uh, and, and where God had told him to settle. And he promised him there that this is a promised land for you and your people and those that are coming after you. Uh, this is where uh, uh, the nation of Israel will be, uh, become a great nation. But it started with Abram. It started with him having the faith to stretch out beyond what he could see. It started with Abram being able to look past his uh, physical surroundings and actually see himself being where God want, wanted him to be. Now, God made many promises to uh, Abram and, and Sarai. We know that he told him that they were going to be uh, that Abram was going to be the father of many nations. And we know what Abram did. He kind of tried to jump the gun. And since Sarah was uh, barren and, and of old age, uh, he thought, well, I need to go ahead and get this family started so I can have this great nation that God spoke of. Well, Hagar um, was a, a servant lady, a servant uh, woman of, of, of Sarah. And she decided to ask her to be uh, the mother and she did, and they had a son named Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the son of promise. The son of promise was Isaac. And that son did come through uh, the birth uh, of, uh, of the union, rather, of Abraham and Sarah. And the funny thing about it is, is that he was not only the son of promise, but he was the next stage in the promise said God required something, though, of Abraham, because once Isaac was born and he was called Isaac because God told them that that's the name that he would have. Um, there was some time later that God said uh, he needed to test. He needed to test uh, Abram, uh, Abraham at this time and to see if his faith would stand strong. But everyone knows the story of how Abraham took his son up the mountain. But no one ever looks at it from Isaac's point of view. Let's look at a scripture from that, uh, from Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 and 2. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go up to the region of Moriah sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So God wanted Abraham to take his son of promise, his son that uh, was his true and, and, and great joy, his, his, his son that God said would be a great nation. Now remember that because faith cometh by hearing the word. Am I correct? And so if we hear the word and the word is coming directly from God, can we not stand on anything firmer? So Abraham uh, did exactly what God said in verse, uh, verse I'm sorry, chapter 22, verse three through five. It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt, uh, burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. 
On the third day, Abraham looked, looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, then we will come back to you. Now, the importance of that is that uh, he followed the directions of God. God told him to go to Moriah, but he didn't tell him what particular mountain. He just told him, I will tell you, I will show you. And he did exactly as God asked. But then the most important part of that is he confirmed what God had told him. Even in this, he said, stay here with the donkey, talking to the servants, while I and the boy go over there, pointing out where they were going. And then he said, we will worship, then we. That's the vital part. Because, see, he had faith in God that God wouldn't allow anything hurt, harm, or danger to come to Isaac. But more importantly, as a child looks to their parent for reassurance, Abraham looked to God for reassurance. Isaac looked to Abraham. And Isaac heard those words. And so you go down a little further. You go down, uh, actually, you jump to Hebrews. Let's go all the way out uh, uh, out of the uh, Old Testament and jump into the New, uh, New Testament for a moment. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, 11, verses 17 and 19 says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice, whom, who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it, it is through, uh, through Isaac that your offsprings will be reckoned. Right there, it says that through Isaac, your offspring, the, the great nation that I promised you, will be reckoned or recognized. So Abraham responded that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead, but he didn't have to lay a hand on the young man because God made a way. And know how he made a way? Isaac even felt it. Isaac knew it. Isaac believed that his father wouldn't harm him because his father believed God wouldn't harm him. If you go to back to Genesis, Genesis chapter 22, verse 6 through 9, it says, Abram took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and asked his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. So see, Isaac was asking, not because he feared for his life, but because he knew that something was going to happen. That something was that God was going to step in because of their faith, because they believed. And so what happened, we know, we know what happened. Uh, he, he, he tied up his son and, and he put him on the altar and, 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 and he spread out the wood and he was about to sacrifice him. But an angel stepped in, an angel stopped him, halted his actions. And then not only that, 
there in the bush was a ram waiting to be sacrificed because God had already planned this out. But the faithful steps of his servants, Abraham and Isaac. Now, think about Isaac. A lot of people wonder, how can a child just lay down? Uh, I would have ran. I've heard people say, I would have ran. I would. It wouldn't have been no way. My daddy would have tied me up and he's holding a knife over me. But when you have the faith that Isaac had, that his father wouldn't harm him because he knew that the God his father served was a faithful God. Isaac had nothing to worry about, and neither did Abraham, because Abraham believed the promise that God had uh, told him that he was going to be the father of many nations and that it was going to come through Isaac. And so then Isaac, he grows up and he has children. Now, his children, we know that you can't pick your family. But in this case, Isaac had twin sons, Jacob and Esau. Now, Esau was the older of the two. And Esau had the rights or the birthright to uh, his father's uh, property. Now, birthrights and blessings. Let's clear this up right now. Birthrights were given to the older son, uh, the firstborn. Usually they got two thirds of all of the father's property. So they usually got more, uh, way more than the others. And in this case, since it was only two, he was going to get two thirds of the property versus a third that Jacob was going to get. But Esau didn't really care about his birthright. Esau was uh, a person who liked to hunt, fish. He liked to be out in the wilderness. Uh, whereas Jacob was more of a uh, around the tent, I guess you say, person. He liked to keep up with the, 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 the ins and outs of what was going on in the camp. He, he was more of a business-minded person. So he had more time to think about how much cattle they had, how much uh, grain they were growing, this, that, and the other. Whereas Esau was more just like to be out, having fun, hunting, and doing whatever. Well, we know the story between the two of these two. Uh, Esau didn't care about his birthright, so he easily gave it away. Matter of fact, he sold it. Now, some say Jacob tricked him. There was no trick in this. Esau came in famished, hungry one day after hunting. His brother was cooking uh, some stew, red stew is what they call it. And as uh, Esau complained about being so hungry, he said, you know, uh, basically, what would you give for some of this stew? And uh, Esau said, I'll give you my birthright, you know, basically. Or I should say, Jacob asked for his birthright. And Esau agreed. Esau said, yeah, sure, you can have it. Give me the stew because he didn't care. Matter of fact, they said he despised his birthrights. But he, what he did care about, what he did care about, though, was uh, the blessing. And, and let me give you a little more understanding about these two, because they had been warring and it was predicted that they were going to war uh, even before they were born. Matter of fact, if you go to uh, uh, to the, uh, the psalm, I'm sorry, to the uh chapter uh, from Genesis where this speaks of it is uh, verse 23 uh, it says that two nations and this is the Lord speaking to their mother uh, Rebecca said two nations are in your room and two people from within you will be separated one people will be strong 
uh, stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Well, that was uh, the Lord speaking of Jacob being the stronger, uh, being the younger as well, and that the nation will be greater, his nation will be greater than Esau. So why is this important? They were fighting in the womb. They came out fighting. They fought uh, because of what was pre uh, pre-told of them. But now, this is the funny and fascinating part about that. So since Esau sold his birthright, but he didn't sell his blessing. We know Jacob tricked him out of his blessing. We know that because the mother helped him uh, fashion an outfit to make him look and smell and feel like Esau because Jacob didn't look like him. He didn't smell like him. He wasn't hairy like him. And so the father, Isaac, at that time, who was blind, uh, would be able to tell the two just by touching his arm, touching his hand. But the mother helped him. He helped out Jacob. Uh, she helped out Jacob to trick uh, Isaac into believing he was Esau so that he can give him the blessing. Now, if he already gave up, if I, Esau already gave up his birthright, why is it important that he, he keep hold of the blessing? Well, this is why Esau was more upset with losing the blessing than the, than, than the birthright. The blessing was a spiritual thing. The blessing came from God. And so if his father blessed him with the greater of the blessing, then Esau would have received a better spiritual blessing from God. Hence, we all know that if you're spiritually blessed, that benefits you more than a physical or material blessing. He would have made more money. Esau wasn't worried about that, but he wanted the spiritual blessing that came with, uh, came from his father that came from God. So what's the difference between the birthright and the blessing? The birthright was just where you was born. Firstborn, secondborn, lastborn, doesn't matter. The birthright just gave you more of a physical inheritance. But the, the blessing, that was more of a spiritual inheritance. And that was one that the firstborn usually wanted because that would grant them something better than material wealth. It granted them closeness to God a relationship, a better relationship with God. Well, Jacob tricked his brother Esau, uh, tricked uh, their father, Isaac, into giving him Esau's blessing. And in doing so, not only did he trick him into giving uh, Esau's the, uh, uh, blessing over to Jacob, it infuriated Esau and he ran him off. He left before fear of his life. Now you say, well, where's the faith in that? Jacob's faith. How is that f great? Well, Jacob went and, you know, Jacob was a trickster. Jacob got tricked, though, for working many years for a relative so that he can get the hand of the daughter that he really, really, uh, of that relative's daughter so that he can marry her. Well, after he finally got her hand, he decided it was time for him to go back home. And this is after many years of serving this person and, and making his own uh, fortune, making his own wealth. The faith comes where Jacob was on his way home and he was visited by an angel. And that angel and him wrestled all night. 
The story talks about how Jacob wrestled with this angel all night and would not let go until he was given a blessing. Matter of fact, they wrestled so long and for so uh, so great was the wrestling that the angel finally had to uh, hit hit Jacob in the hip to try to dislocate his hip to keep him uh, from wrestling any further so that he, he could stop. But that's what I want you to understand is that Jacob was willing to wrestle with an angel because he needed a blessing. That's what we have to do sometimes in our experiences, in our walk, in our, uh, our going in and out at this current time. We have to wrestle. We have to fight. We're in a situation where um, we can't physically meet. We're in a situation where we are doing church in a whole new way. We're doing it online. Uh, we're doing it via podcast and we're doing it via uh, uh, live stream, so on and so forth, all across the country because this is a new dynamic. But isn't it great to know that we have a God so faithful that he allows us and grants us the means by which to do it? Isn't it great to know that even though we can't physically sit right by each other or we can't praise and worship each other or praise and worship God with each other, that we can still do it with each other via the airwaves, via the Internet, but all matters is that we're able to praise and worship God regardless where we are. Our walk, our situation, our trials and our tribulations are similar to these men that we talked about this, uh, this evening. The reason why it's similar is because they were put in situations that was new to them. They were walking in journeys that they did not uh, know what was going to happen. But their out, the outcome was that they had faith in God. And if we continue to have faith in God, then no matter what happens, whether it's a couple more weeks or a couple of more months or however long, as long as we continue to have faith in God, just like Jacob and Isaac and Abraham, then we too will get the benefits of being a part of that great nation. And oh, you do know how we were made uh, part of that promise. Oh yeah, we're not Jewish by our, our birthright or by birth, but by blessing. See, just like Jacob and Esau, one traded away the birthright, uh, and and then he 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 was tricked out of the blessing. But we weren't tricked out of it, or, or we we weren't even tricked into it. What happened was, this man over two thousand years ago by the name of Jesus, came. And he was in that line of the lineage of, of these men. He was part of that great nation that was coming, that came down from Abraham. But the great thing about it is it didn't stop with him because what he did was he went to this thing called the cross. And after he went to the cross, three days after they crucified him, he got up. And when he got up, that allowed me, you, and everyone who believes in his death, burial, and resurrection to become inherited members of Abraham's promise. So the great nation that God spoke of now exists still to this day because of our belief in Christ.
Thank you for joining us for our first podcast uh, at God First Church's uh, Wednesday night Bible study. We pray that you continue to move forward with God. Uh, we prayed right now that you not only move forward with God, but study his word. Get in there. Those are some really quick run throughs of the patriarchs of both the Jewish and Christian faith. But more importantly, they are the, the, the first building stones on which we walk now. So join me in reading the Bible. Join me in learning and seeking out the truths that God has set before us. We pray right now that God continues to walk and guide, strengthen and lead you. We ask that you bless, that he bless the pastor of this church, the first lady, every member, every auxiliary, every officer, everyone that walks throughout the doors of GFC, both mentally, physically, and spiritually. And we also ask Heavenly Father right now that you just bless the entire church, the church of Christ, Heavenly Father. We ask that you just continue to build on, build on us as we continue to go forward and do your will. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.